0: first reading uh, is from John chapter 21, verses 15 to 25, and it's headed, Jesus reinstates Peter. And for those of you who were here last week, you'll recognize, in fact, this passage follows what we read last week that David David led us through. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumour spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said... If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. <laughs> Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And Now we turn to our second reading, which is from 1 Samuel. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Mishmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and for all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited for seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Paul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Mishmash, I thought, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favour. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had... He would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time but now your kingdom will not endure the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command and just turning to our last reading now this is from 2 Samuel chapter 6 verses 9 to 15 David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has, because of the Ark of God. So David went down and brought up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Eden to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord with shouts and with the sound of trumpets. And may God Bless the reading of His Word. Amen. Amen.
1: Good morning. So I will be sharing the Word of love with us today on the topic: maintaining your lane, working in the auction. Uh, shall we just pray quickly? Lord, we thank you for today another day in your presence. We just ask, Father, that you share with us your heart for all of us, each one of us as individuals, as families gathered here together, and as your church, one family. Almighty God, may we hear you, each for ourselves, and each all of us together, as one body, in Jesus' name. Amen. Maintaining your lane, working in the auction. Um, A certain painter was, you know, um, you could be an artist who is particularly good in a field of art. Not all painters are portrait painters. Some are great with doing landscapes. And this was the case with this painter. He was really good at doing landscapes and you know um, scenery nature and all that sort of thing but there was this exhibition and he wanted to do people but he wasn't really good at it but he decided to go ahead and do a painting and he chose to draw the red sea crossing and um, he did the painting it was hanging in the gallery and People came around to see, you know, people viewing all of the artwork. And as it happens when um, people go to view artwork, um, most people try to seem really knowledgeable and um, like they know what, exactly what it's talking about. So they see this painting, it says Red Sea Crossing. And no one really says anything other than, oh, that is lovely, that is lovely. And then, uh, but there was this one person who didn't care about what they, how they appeared to everyone else. And uh, he called the painter, the artist, across and said, you say this is a Red Sea crossing? And he says, yes it is. But where are the people? All I see is the water. And he says, oh, they have already crossed, they're all on the other side. So all you see is the water. That was a case of a person taking on something bigger than him, taking on something rather than facing Facing his area of expertise, he took on something bigger. John 21, 15 to 25, our New Testament reading, we see where the Lord spoke to Peter. And I didn't even know the readings that were done, that the reading for last Sunday, I didn't know you did the first. 14 verses of that, so it's good to see what happened after they got out and got all the fish. But the Lord gave Peter a commission. But look at verse 22. When Peter, having heard what the Lord had for him, for whatever reason, he wanted to know what the Lord had to say about the other apostle, and said, what about him? And what was the Lord's response to him? What is that? to you maintain your name father me what is that to you i called you i've told you about you now what has that got to do with the readings 1st um, samuel 13 5 to 14 and 2nd samuel 6 9 to 15 1st samuel 13 5 to 14 was king saul At the battlefield the place of war they were afraid things weren't going right without even going into all of what had happened and how they came to that point he had been told by Samuel that he was going to come to perform a sacrifice unto the Lord well Saul was not content with waiting Samuel is late therefore I am going to do this myself It was as though the sacrifice was the end in itself, not the means to what he was seeking. Was it just about doing the sacrifice? There is nothing there to say that Saul spent time seeking the face of the Lord when Samuel did not turn up. It was a simple matter of, I'm waiting for Samuel to perform a sacrifice. He's not here. I'm going to do it. And then Samuel came and gave him the verdict of his actions. What about the next place? That was King David. The Ark of the Lord had been kept in the house of Obedidon because when they were moving it, somebody went to steady it out of the instructions of the Lord and people were smitten and died on the day. So they kept it in Bedidom's house. Where he prospered, the ark wasn't the problem. David thought, "Well, I will bring it back." But David brought back the ark, which rejoiced And what was he doing? Sacrificing to the Lord. So the sacrifice was not the problem. And after the ark got to the place of its rest, David performed more sacrifices. We danced. We worshipped the Lord. No one was beaten on that day. These two men were good called to be kings. The sacrifice was not the problem. Do we remember the story of Moses seeing Red Sea crossing? At the time when the children of Israel were thirsty, first time the Lord said to him, to Moses, strike the rock. He did. Water came from the rock and they drank. Second time the Lord said, speak to the rock. Moses struck the rock, and it was costly for Moses. Striking the rock was not the problem. If it was a problem, why did the Lord tell him to do that the first time? So when he struck the rock, Moses lost the right to go into the promised land with the children of Israel. Listening is so important now both saul and david were anointed for kingship by the same prophet samuel <coughs> when um the the, the the second part of our topic today is walking in the unction unction simply means oil in the cambridge dictionary it just says it is also to make holy oil to make holy Peter's calling was sure. The Lord called him three times. In my, uh, I don't know about other cultures, but in my culture, if your parent calls you and calls you and calls you and says, "How many times did I call you?" You say, three times." You better get doing whatever it is they called you to do. <laughs> so Peter commissioned. Uh, so this is something we understand very well. Three times is a very sure calling. The Lord was emphatic. But he did not give Peter the blueprint for what it was going to be. You see, the Lord knew Peter's past. He was giving him a calling for the present, and then he told him about his future. He didn't tell him from here till the end. He said, if, if we read down in that same place in John 21, it says he told him the death by which he was to die. But in between that time, he was going to be doing things. The details will be revealed to Peter but it will be revealed through the Divine Presence. The Divine Presence. It was about relationship. That was what was lacking regarding Paul, Saul, I mean to say. That was what was lacking in Saul's actions. Relationship. We read through the story of Saul's life. A man who was called but who could not maintain the Divine Presence and was just fulfilling function and walking out of his unction. But as Peter was abiding in the Lord and seeking his face, the details would be unfolding, what he ought to do would be coming to him, the Lord would make it clear. It is not to be gotten in haste. It is to be done in waiting. You know, like George said at the start, Waiting. These people had to wait to hear results. Sometimes you see when an athlete begins to rejoice a little too soon, and then sometimes they're disqualified because there was something wrong, you know. Now, even though and David had the same primary calling of kingship, it was the details were not quite the same. They weren't meant to function in the exact same way. It wasn't a blanket unction for all time. And this is why we as children of God need to be in constant fellowship, maintaining the divine presence, and so we know. Do not think that whatever you're called to do is so small. I'm only serving tea and coffee, it's not only. It's important to understand that we all have a place and there is an unction for that place. Saul stopped at unction. Which is just for function. Simple. You know, last weekend we had the barbecue at the man's end. Frankly, I saw it as one example of God's people working in their gifts. Everyone doing what they were really good at. It was amazing. From the setup to the taking down, everything working in place. People just functioning from, you know, the serving, the cooking. Julie making us all dance, you know, was it a line dance, a circle dance, whatever it was, but we did something. But it was one example and something not to be taken lightly. It has a message. If we aim to fulfill our calling, we will have His blessing. If that is the aim. But if there is a check in our spirit, Perhaps, you know, even as an athlete, you're running and you feel, I shouldn't veer off this way or that way. I mean, some people go just a little off and they, for instance, the, 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 drum where they do the cycling, you can see how a singular athlete can get six people tumbling down, ending every other person's race. But we should not. we should listen for this voice and not ignore when we have a check in our spirit you see, 2 Samuel one twenty one. David gave a lament about Saul and he said something that you know, it's something that it's, it's, it's made a great impact on me when I read it and whenever I hear it, actually, It actually it makes me sit up, he said Saul died like one who had no anointing all of that time and, and you know, think about it Moments before Saul's death, where was he? The man anointed for God's service. He went seeking counsel from a medium. The very opposite of how he got his calling. He could not face the one who called him on his last day. But if we identify our calling, how do we maintain it? It is to be maintained in humility and in obedience. The same Saul, 1 Samuel 15, he performed another, he, he, he did something else, and it wasn't a sacrifice this time, he brought back animals from battle when the Lord said, don't. And when Samuel came and heard the cattle, the, the sheep, the sound of the animals, and he said, what is this? Saul said to him, he brought them back to sacrifice to the Lord. And Samuel was living. He said obedience is better than sacrifice. The Lord does not need those animals. He told you no. Why can't you just obey a contrary order? What is the difference? Listening to God, keeping in step with the Spirit as Galatians five twenty five says. He says since we live by the Spirit, we must keep in step with the Spirit. So the first part of it is living by the Spirit. We need to keep in step or we'll be doing our own will and have our opinion stamped across everything we do for the Lord. However, the beauty of, this, of all of this is that it is really easy to do His will if we let go and we do not feel that it's all about our performance. We're, it's, we, we don't have to perform for the Lord. It's just a simple matter of, Lord, what do you want me to do? A time ago, um, you know, a couple of months ago or so, we were uh, having a Tuesday evening prayer meeting. And as we were praying, I saw in my mind a picture of a ox with a yoke on its neck, ready to plough. Another yoke was brought, and this ox, it was an easier, lighter yoke. This ox wanted to take that yoke on, but would not let go of the heavy yoke, sorry, it already had on its neck. So it was like, put on, could you possibly put bare two yokes on the one neck of the ox? The ox had to let go of the heavy previous yoke to take on the light, easy yoke. When the Lord says my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He means just that. Take it off what I didn't put on there. Why do you again take on to yourself slavery when you've been set free? We have to be prepared to give up what it takes to gain what the Lord has for us. Years ago when Sharon was just less than three, um, I went to, uh, we were home in Nigeria and I, I traveled with her from my hometown to Abuja, the capital city. I had a meeting, and one of my sisters lived there, another one lived not too far from there, so we agreed to all meet together. So after my meeting, we um, all went to my sister's house, the one who lived in the city. So she lived in, the, in a flat, so a flat would definitely have less room than a house. And so Sharon was running around and around whilst my sisters and I were talking and then she came to me and said, Mom, where is the bathroom? I, I just pointed in the direction of my, my, it's a flat in the house, it had a, a shower room. And I pointed in that direction. She went and looked in there and came out and she wasn't satisfied. She said to me, Mom, we left our bathroom at home.
0: <laughs>
1: it didn't have a, a bathtub, and that was what she expected to see. That was what she was used to. We left our bathroom at home. And I had a laugh, and we said to her, That is what the bathroom is like here. We couldn't possibly have transported our bathtub because on the flight, if we had to come see my sister and spend the night in her flat, we had to be prepared for the smaller space. You can't sometimes. It can look, I'm just trying to use an analogy of how something could be really simple. But because we are thinking in, uh, you know, we, we think what we cannot see, we, we don't see the simplicity of what it takes. Every child of God has a calling. Rick Yancey, I think it was who said, God does not call the equipped. He equips called, and this is in reference to Hebrews 13, I think 10 or 11, he equips the called. King David went to bring back the ark where it was before. They had a full of specifications and this was why there was a problem. When it was returned in honor with sacrifices, I, I, I want to believe that David saw the Lord's face because he knew what happened when people stepped out of line said, Lord, how do I do this right? You see, the thing about David was that thing about seeking God's heart, which was why if you put his wrongdoings side by side with Saul, you're going to ask yourself, who is the bad man here, if you want to put it that way? But there was a problem with Saul, which was a man who did his thing, while David wanted to do the Lord's thing. That was the difference. Seeking the Lord's face is important. He gives talents to each of us according to His will. A servant was given ten, another five, another one. Ten, five, one. The Lord never said any of them was more important than than the other. The number of talents did not make one servant more important than the other. He just wanted them to function in that function. Keep to your lane. Don't bury it. So there's an issue of neglecting the talents that were, was given don't neglect and don't take another's talents sometimes you know in the secular world people would if uh, young people in particular looking for a career we have just come back from home where Sharon went to undertake um work experience with the dentistry so she could see if it's really for her So sometimes we can do a test that, is this for me, is this not? I know many young people who have done that and decided, actually, this would have been a bad idea. That means we need to identify our lane, but how? You know, it is easier to be clear about what we should not be doing because the Lord wants us all doing something. How? Fear and anxiety do not mean it is not my lane. I'm afraid of doing something. Does not say the Lord has said you shouldn't. Most music ministers will tell you that they are a bit um, scared before they come on to lead worship. But that is not the Lord saying this is not for you until you can just jump out there and do it with no trace of fear, no. The lack of skill and training does not mean that either. I'm not trained, I have no skills. That's why there's opportunity for training, for learning more, you learn, you grow, you fall, you you rise. Jonah was a reluctant evangelist. It didn't mean he didn't have the call. He went, he did it, he was angry that he had results. But he was called to do it. Noah had no knowledge of shipbuilding. But he was chosen by the Lord to build a massive one that was going to last on the waters for that long. And he did. I don't think he understood about looking after animals either. It's not wild animals. Esther had no royal pedigree. But she was called to be in the king's palace to save her people. So all of the things that look like negatives, they are not a sign of this is not what I ought to be doing. What we need to avoid are works that we say are for the Lord, but have to be undertaken through striving and malice. If I have to fight with people to undertake my calling, if I am antagonizing people in a bid to do a thing for the Lord, I need to have a rethink, go back to the Lord and say, Father, did you ask me to do this? Service gained by putting all this down. If the only way I can accomplish a thing is by putting other people down, I need to think again about it. I mean, I don't know if any of you have experienced this in a workplace where somebody knows that somebody else has a job to do, but they have a preference for doing this other person's job. I want to do the presentation. I know you should do the presentation, but I want to do this presentation. I put it together, yes. I want to do the presentation. (laughs) If you have to put people down to do service, it is not of the Lord. Service, undertaken through untruthfulness and craftiness, is not of the Lord. If I have to be untruthful and crafty to undertake something, it is not of the Lord. If I have to make it up to believe it, if I don't believe in it myself, I should not be doing it. Somebody was going to be talking to children about, um, well, and families about the story of the Red Sea crossing again. And she said, so Moses pulled together, as he faced the Red Sea, he pulled together a craft team of engineers that quickly uh, put together the, the, um, the bridge prefabricated bridge, put it across the water, they quickly rushed across the, the bridge, got to the other side, saw the people coming on the bridge, they threw a bomb and the bridge was blown up, and that was how they were saved. And someone said, um, but I'm not quite sure, I've heard that story before, that's not quite how it goes. And she said, well, if I told it the way it was told, you wouldn't believe it either. <laughs> so that shows the teacher does not believe the story. If I have to make it up, Why am I telling this story? I have to believe it. Somebody was going to pray for me years ago about the situation. And when I talked with him about it, the first words out of his mouth was, This is a difficult one. I knew I was in the wrong place. If you're not going to believe that the Lord can do this, why bother? I can't be talking to people about having faith in difficult situations and at the same time I am acting the very opposite of faith We need to ask ourselves as We approach the things the Lord is asking us. Is this the right place for me? But it just comes to one thing What is it to you what the Lord has asked somebody else to do? What about me? What would have thought if Peter knew that the Lord would only be there physically for only a short time and be gone? He probably would have wanted to spend more time asking about his story. Not another person would say, Lord, can you tell me a bit more? I want to know a bit more. If you have lost a parent, someone close to you, like I lost my mom last year, you would think about the conversations you could have had. You know, there were things I didn't want to ask her because I said to myself, if I have this conversation with her right now, I'm, I'm conceding to the fact that she'll die. I don't want to have that conversation. And then she passed and I said, why did not I just have that conversation? But that's it. The Lord wants us to seize every opportunity to have those conversations with Him. Asking a bit more. Lord, what more? How can I do it? how what more no, what step how can i go about this but be sure of one thing the lord has a mission for each one of us and don't look at the size of your talent the lord it's, it's huge in his eyes no matter what how little he looks to you however old however young you are it is huge in his eyes. If you maintain that lane, you wouldn't make all that stumble behind you, and you wouldn't stumble yourself. You will get there. And so I want us to pray now. I just love, you know, the song, the second song that the worship team took this morning is one of my favorites for a long time. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I just want us to think on these words because the Lord gives us guidance light to our feet, lamp to our path and we can see our name all may not be, be, be spread out exactly before the entire map may not be spread out before you and I but if we just ask him, you will make sure that we are on the right path and we'll be fulfilling our calling in his auction thy word He's a lamb. you do have work for each one of us to do in your kingdom. Not because you can't get these things done on your own, but because you want us to be part of your building. You want us, Lord, to be part of fulfilling your will and bringing your kingdom to our community. That we may spend our eternity with you, knowing that we have accomplished much for our Master, our Lord, our King, our Father. And so Lord Almighty, I just ask at this time is anyone in perplexity about what they should be doing? <laughs> Father, give them direction today. Give us direction as a church. Give us direction as individuals. Give our children, our young people visions on what they ought to do, where they ought to be. Our old men and women, lord give them dreams and visions that are for the guidance of your church and for your house as we bring issues regarding our church family before you give us god almighty clarity of thoughts about what you're doing open our eyes to see you to see beyond the difficulties but to see you and see what you're doing help us almighty god to fulfill your mandate for us to fulfill your work that you have set apart for us to do as your children, individual people whom you love. Thank you, Lord Almighty, because you continue to guide us and to help us, and that all that you have for us will come to pass in your time as we abide with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.